Angels in the Torah, we find angels uh, right at the beginning, let us make men. And we know that uh, when the Torah was translated... And, and Christians have historically tried to use yes, that yes, as, as God's belief in the exactly. Trinity. Absolutely. Um, uh, and even though, if you just look at the very next verse, it says that God made in singular fashion. Sure, and all through it, yes, it so, makes it very clear the but, Lord is one. Yeah, but yeah. that that is a... Um, that is uh, that is an example of, you know, that's the f- the first time we find about angels. That angels, uh, God consults with angels, so to speak, before He creates man. Now, um, that's the first maybe interaction we find uh, angels. We find other interactions. Uh, Abraham, he meets those three men. We find out that those are angels later on. Uh, they go and they destroy uh, the city of uh, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we find uh, Jacob. He struggles with an angel as well. Uh, we he he sends either messengers or angels depends which commentary you go with. Um, two opinions in the Talmud what he sends. We find a lot of stories of angels in the Torah. We also find some crazy stories in the Talmud um, of let's say Moses. So Moses goes to Mount Sinai, right? He goes up to heaven and he goes up, he goes up to heaven. He disappears for forty days. We talked about what happened when he came back down. But what happened when he went back when he went up? So he goes up and. Uh, and what are the, and who's there? The angels see him. And they'll say, what is this guy doing here? Right. What is the, 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 someone who was born to a woman, what are they doing here? And, and God tells them, well, grab onto my chair, so to speak, and so they shouldn't kill you. And he grabs into the chair and they say, what's he doing here? So God tells them, well, he's here to take the Torah. So you give the Torah, the Torah was written 974 generations before the world's created. You're going to give the Torah to the, to humans, so uh, so God tells Moses, "Okay, go respond to them, go answer them up," uh, and and Moses tells them, "Okay, well, what does it say in the Torah? It says uh, honor your parents. You guys have parents? Angels have parents? No, angels don't have parents. So it's for us. You know, he goes, he brings a bunch of arguments that the, that the Torah is designed for humans." Could it be said that that God was the parent of the angels. Didn't God create the angels? God created them. He's not the parent. So this kind of shows that you know what, what an angel is a spiritual force, you know, a spiritual force on a spiritual mission. So an angel is not a being. An angel is a, well, it's is a being, but it's a spiritual being. You can't see an angel. You know, if there's a, you know, the Talmud says, the Talmud so, but doesn't that make them godlike? Because God, God, <laughs> well, godlike. Okay, I'm fine with godlike because God is also spiritual. But our, but uh, but our soul is also spiritual. I mean, the, the, you know, but that doesn't. God is the creator. If God's a creator, then that's a cre- everything else is the createe, right? That there's there's the uh, that 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 brings about everything, which is the creator, and then there's the results. So God created angels. God created spiritual beings. God created humans, and God created physical beings like animals. I thought angels though, did not have free will. They don't. So then the story of them wanting to question Moses would be op- operating in contrast with. No, because that is a reflection of a spiritual attitude. From a totally spiritual perspective, the Torah, if the Torah is something which is spiritual, and the angels are spiritual, and the Torah is being delivered to something which is not spiritual, like a human, that the spiritual response to that is there's something wrong here. So was God, if they don't have free will, was God basically pulling the strings of the angels in this story of the Torah, uh, the Talmud? That you just are talking about that what is what is he what is he doing here? That was God basically pulling their strings or pulling the angel strings. Yeah, no, it's just it's it's it's. I think not having 
free will doesn't mean that they cannot have reactions. Free will mean why do why are humans the only ones that have free will? Because humans, right? Humans are torn between these two realities. You know, like we we always talked about humans being half angel and half animal, right? Half soul, half body. On our soul, if you just isolated our soul, we're an angel, right? Once again, there's no form to it, and there's no evil to it. There's no physicality to it. You know, it's it's just pure intelligence. It's just it's just spiritual goodness. You know, on 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 part. Yes, it's not just neutral. No, it's spiritual goodness, you know. And but the conflict that we have is because that is wrapped together, that is ensconced in a body that's animalistic and instinctual. That's why we have free will because we exist in this in this conflict. Could it be argued that in some again we're getting into the weeds, but I think that's the purpose here to yeah, some degree. Uh, could it be argued that animals have, to a certain degree, have free will? Animals also do not have free will. How do you say that? Because animals Who stops could... the lion from eating the lamb. Uh, the lion obviously decides to eat the lamb, and he's what exercising is... his free will. Yeah, but he, before he's full, he eats it. That's what we just said. That's why the animal. The lion that's not a decision. How do we talk about goodness when we have the Malachamovitz? What? Angel death. <laughs> I don't know. People, <laughs> I, I guess, or was it Yiddish? I don't know what you just spoke. No, Hebrew. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, the, uh, sorry, I just Passover went to the wrong draw. Well, I hadn't. I didn't know the term. <laughs> so, free will does not mean making decisions. You know, if the if the animal decides whether or not it wants ice cream or a hot dog, that's not a free will choice. It's a choice. It's not a free will choice. A free will choice is when someone has to choose between two opposing realities. The, po- the side of the soul, the side of the body. The struggle that it's uniquely human, we're in, are we going to favor our soul or favor our body? I, I always, I've given this example before, I'll say it again. A human is the only being that can choose to go on a hunger strike. Okay? An animal can get sick and lose its appetite, but an animal cannot on principle alone decide that I'm refraining from eating, even though I'm hungry. It's not, an animal's incapable of doing that. Because an animal has an instinct, I'm hungry, like the lion, or like any animal, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. It cannot say, you know what, I'm hungry, and I really, really want to eat, but I'm in prison, and I'm a refusenik, and I'm not in Jaransky, I'm going to go on a 120-day uh, hunger strike. 120 days. And the only way he survived was because they, they took these, they opened his throat, and they they, they, they put, like, pipes down and they shoveled stuff down his throat every two days. It's terrible. 120 days. That is a uniquely human uh, capability because you are, you are faced with a real conflict. Your body craves food more than anything else. But your soul or your intelligence or your human, your angel side, right, wants to change something and was willing to overcome that, you know, for a positive end. That an animal can't do that. An angel can't do that either because an angel doesn't have that instinct. Uh, thus, but, but the, the, does that mean that an angel cannot have responses? No. A, a spiritual response is the only response that an angel can have, just like an instinctual response is the only response that a, an animal can have. Now, the fact that animals have emotions and they love their kids, that, that's part of the instinct. How do we attribute and these attributes angels? How is that done? Yeah, like, so, so, so these are spiritual entities that God uh, entrusts with spiritual responsibilities. Like we said, you know, in, in the Torah, we talk about these three angels. Like one of them is there to, you know, uh, to heal Abraham. 
One of them is there to uh, to tell uh, uh, to you know to tell the good news that Sarah's gonna have a baby. One's there to to destroy Sodom. The same guy who's there to destroy Sodom. Once he finishes to, to to heal Abraham, he goes to save Lot. I don't remember which one's which, whatever. Three angels, but they're there for, for three separate missions. You know, an angel is a spiritual force that is tasked with spirit, with tasks. Huh? Who? Yeah. Well, yes, because... They washed their feet, didn't they? Yes, so um, I, how would they do that? Well, they weren't really bodies, but they appeared to Abraham's well, bodies. But what I don't understand is why couldn't they be just three men that were walking through the area? Yeah, well, they could. They, 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 uh, that 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 could have been. We know in reality that they weren't. Why? How do we, we know, know that? Because we have the sources. The sources that tell us that. Is it Talmudic? Sources? Yeah, Talmudic sources. But these are part of the oral Torah. Okay, but they, okay. but well, okay. For, for, you know, but then we see later on that they go and they destroy stone, right? The same people, right? Is that what... It's, it makes okay, it very clear. So you don't even have to deal with Tamir's sources. The Torah clears, these are not regular people, you know? Because, first of all, they tell Sarah she's never a baby. So if some dude came to you and said you're going to have a baby, you know, and you're 90 years old, you probably won't pay much heed to it, would you? And if, But if they go and they turn over an entire city... You know, and they That's miraculously, point, you know, right. So this is so the same they, people. It were the same. It's and made it, it clear. It made it clear in the Tanakh. Like these are they. Okay. They left Abraham and they went straight to stone. Okay. I had this this idea maybe he died. That soul becomes an angel. Well, <clears throat> well, that soul has a very similar. Hopefully, will have a very similar composition to uh, to an angel. You know this. We find a lot, like we find them, but the seraphim and they'll find them different angels. I don't know what that means. Uh, the Torah doesn't tell us what that means because I guess it's not that relevant for us. But what the Torah does say is that a soul, if you were to isolate it, is very similar in its nature to an angel, right? Because like, you know, but a, a soul is different. Because a soul, especially after it inhabited a body, it's it's a different reality. You know, it's part of a human. <clears throat> now we do find like Elijah. Elijah transforms into this angel, uh, but he's a special guy, and his soul was unadulterated, and therefore his soul has, uh, you know, some sort of special quality to it that he's able to, you know, we know that this idea of Elijah coming back and telling people, we find the Talmud of Elijah. By the way, well, the Talmud that we mentioned we mentioned last week about the ugly eye, you know, according to the Tosafot, Tosafot quotes the source that, as saying that this individual, this ugly person is actually Elijah. The angel appearing in the form of an ugly person to teach Rabbi Eliezer a lesson. So that's an idea of a soul tra- transmogrifying into a into an angel. But but what? Thank you. It's a Calvin and Hobbes word. Leviathan. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and then there's that other end of the resurrection. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. So that's the, the idea of an angel sometimes taking taking, taking human form. Uh, but we do find in the Talmud that says when a, when someone's walking home from shul on Friday night, he has three angels accompanying home. We know we see the Shalom Aleichem. That that song, we're talking. It's the words are blessed upon you, bless your Shalom Aleichem, like peace be unto you. These angels, angels of God. I don't see no angels. You see angels? I don't see angels. You know, but we're told the Talmud that these angels that accompany we can't see them because they're spiritual. We can't see spiritual things. Just we can't see our soul. So that's the, the idea at large. But I, I like to, I, I always, you know, I listened back to a class that I gave two and a half years ago 
uh, about angels. And I, want to, I pointed out something very interesting. So we find that the angels are very antagonistic to humans. Like even Moses. Moses is a pretty remarkable guy. You know, if you met Moses, you say, maybe this is the right guy to have the Torah. Yet, yet uh, they say, who is this guy? And even, you know, even in the, we talk about Rosh Hashanah, my energy sister, the angels are saying, why, why are we, God, why are you dealing with humans? And the angels are trying to, uh, are trying to lobby God to destroy the, to destroy the Jewish people when the, in, 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 in the Red Sea. It's been the Red Sea. The angels come, come to God and say, why are you saving the Jewish people? You know, these are idolaters and these idolaters kill the Jewish people as well. They, they, angels have a hard time understanding humans, despite us being very similar, at least on our soul level, which is kind of remarkable that on one hand, we're kind of similar, we're ex- exceptionally different because we're also, we have an instinct, we're half an animal, but the, the angel looks at us and is like, dude, you know, what's the deal with this, it, this bizarre entity? It's like half an angel and half an animal, and what's it doing here? Uh, and it, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. And I, and I, and I, and I want to point out that like, okay, why, why, why are angels, why are they so stymied uh, by, by humans? <coughs> because we're, we're different, you know, and they can't wrap their heads around. You know what? On one hand, we have more potential. Like we can become great because we have this free will, because we have this conflict. An angel, they have no urge to do evil or to do anything against their task, whatever their task may be. Their task might be to assist God in the execution of people. Right, like the Malachamavas that you mentioned, that's an angel that we perceive as bad, but it's just fulfilling part of you know fulfilling what God what God wants. Uh, and that's my train of thought. So, so right, they can, they cannot improve. Right, they can't regress either. We can regress as well. Uh, but it's it's all based on the fact that um, they don't understand us. We're foreign to us. We're different. We're strange. So I, I listened to this class. They're racist. <laughs> uh, that I, I, I said in the class that, you know, in relationships, you know, sometimes a husband and wife, they, they have arguments and they have disagreements and they have, you know, they have fights or whatnot, God forbid. And it's just based upon a misunderstanding of, of the nature of a man or a woman. You know, like they have, they're talking in different wavelengths. Like the angel and the human, they, they, they don't Men really... Exactly, you know, um, and you know, I, I always said this that um, I haven't met a single woman that understands or likes to engage in fantasy football. Maybe there is one somewhere on the planet. I'm sure Aaron Andrews. Oh yeah, well maybe. I just saw her in Chicago. This like like that's something that's beyond the capacity of a woman to understand. Like it doesn't make any sense to her. I guess football in general. <laughs> You know, like it's just every Sunday now, till, you know, till February. Forget about it. My husband just, I'll watch a little football, 11 hours worth, no big deal. <laughs> uh, and, and then the man is like, you can't wrap your head around why a woman would want flowers. It doesn't make any sense. It's so illogical. It's, it's. Get flowers. How about diamonds? What do you do with diamonds? Yeah. Oh, now wait. <laughs> Why do I need yeah. that? It's Janet and I can attest to that recent history. So. Yes. Like, and it, it's to a man, buying flowers is the most illogical way to. It's so bizarre. You're, you're investing in a plant that will most certainly be dead and thrown out in 
four to five days. That's why I don't buy flowers. 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 You don't like flowers either? I'm not a flower person. That's good. But it's, yeah, but One of us. But yeah, it's, like, pri- it's not actually about the flowers. It's the no, principle. It's, it's you the are principle. so important to me that I will throw this away. Like, I will take this 50 bucks and throw it away. I will throw this $50 away just to make you smile. Well, I'll tell you. I, I <laughs> let's, just cut out, let, let's just cut out the middleman, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't want flowers either. Like you're not a flower girl. It's, well, I mean, it's nice when you're dating, but after a while, like. So, so, so I, like, to me, like, it's, yeah. you know, and I. <laughs> I, I like I think I think that um, you know we talk about the uh, the mitzvah of the of the um, of the red heifer. So like this is beyond capacity of the humans, and that's by design. Perhaps like the, these kind of ideas, like the idea of the angel and the idea of the red heifer, these are things that we could use actually in a practical way in our lives. You know, angels are very impractical. We can see them. We 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 learn about them. We don't really understand them. We can't visualize them. But we realize that we can understand that. And that is a very important thing that we can, I think, use in our lives so that positively. The, that's kind of the why you brought up the analogy of the woman can't understand a man's affection for football and a man can't understand a woman's affection for flowers. Yes. It's different perspective. People can never understand their perspective and only being spiritual and they can't understand our perspective. The angels. Yeah. yeah, I just had a... Someone recently told me... Could, could it be, it? if we're trying to get into logical things here, could it be that women, by, I think we can agree, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic here, I'm being complimentary, but can't we agree <laughs> that women, women uh, by depth, by nature, are less, they're wired less, for lack of a better can you word. Okay, isn't isn't <laughs> but aren't women wired less aggressively than men? Isn't that just a fact of biology? I'm not saying there aren't women that are, are very violent. I'm not saying that there aren't. I'm just saying but as in general, aren't they wired different than men? I, I think that generalities are dangerous, of course. But I think that, let's say, you look at, let's say, um, advanced mathematics. Um, I, from my understanding, there's a significant, like 99% of the class is always men. Um, I was in my son's class this week. They did like an academic fair, and they had the kids all write what they want to be when they grow up. And it was like one, like one of the options was an artist. And it was seven girls and zero boys there. You know, maybe, yes, maybe girls are a little more creative or artsy. Yeah. And, and we know that, they're that, wired it, differently because they're not required to wear tefillin. To wear tefillin, but that, even... Is, does that have something to do with wiring? Or does that have something to do with just what guys yeah, Because it says they're more, they're naturally in tune. They don't need the antenna. They're right. It has to like do with the, the men writing the... Oh, that's kind of good. Am I right? I say that? That's yeah, I... Yeah, and that's... Men have more commandments than women because it is more difficult for them to connect with God because they need more tasks, activities, hands on reminders. But honestly, like, I think that's all kind of a much later explanation to explain why women are more commanding. Well, it's no, just... Yeah, yeah, but that's the argument. No, but it's, it's in the Torah very, as well. It's a complimentary argument. No, it, I, but yeah. it, it's, it's sourced before this was even a political issue. Yeah. So, yes, you say maybe today it's like, you know, the, 
you know, but that's a hundred years of feminism we're dealing with, right? Well, well it's a, the reason why, and this is not an area where I know enough to speak with any sort of authority, but I've always gotten kind of hinky about that because every time it's been presented, it's been an explanation for that portion of the prayer that says, thank God for not making me a woman. And, and basically people have tried to reword it in other ways, like thank God for not making me a slave, thank God for not making me a woman. And then when people get upset about it, there's this friendly explanation of, no, you're actually thanking God for making you a man, and you know you get all these extra and all these extra quote commandments, this and that, and then women say, well, hey, we want to wear the thing, and we want to be the girl, we want to be the girl from the camp. You know, these are wonderful privileges. We'd also like to enjoy them. And then somebody comes along and says, oh no, you don't have to do those things. Like you have a really special, super secret protection from God that men can't possibly have. So who knows? Yeah, but I'll, I will point out that it's not just revisionist. Like, there's a source from the 18th century from Vilna. They weren't exactly dealing with women, like women's suffrage. That yeah. wasn't a big deal then. Uh, that talks about this, you know, and, and so I think we could say that some of it is, is you know, is just objective. Objectively, from the Torah's perspective, women are, you know, are closer to, to spirituality. That's just a reality. Um, and maybe the, that's why the Torah was designed in that way. I gave women some mitzvahs that men don't have, and <coughs> men mitzvahs some women, some mitzvahs that women don't have, and each one of them is going to contribute to making them as perfect as they possibly could be. Well, I mean, that, I've always been curious, you know, because yeah, there's feminists so-called that criticize our Torah, but also Jesus only chose women to be his. Uh, sorry, only chose men to be his disciples. He could have chosen. Maybe. Well, I'm just curious because we're talking about spirituality. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi only had women as his uh, as his bodyguards. I didn't know that. Virgin like women. Say, virgin women. Yeah. Oh, well, that's because he gets closer to the 72 virgins. I guess that way. Muammar Gaddafi. I didn't know that. But only had virgin women as his bodyguards. I'll bet you anything his rationale was, I was kidding, but I, I'm probably right. As, as, as much of a weirdo as he was, he probably, probably why got does no one, to Why does no one who is not a weirdo become a dictator? Like, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> the Shah of Iran was a benevolent dictator. He was my favorite dictator. He was a great guy. Well, he was, a, I, was not my model of human rights, don't get me wrong, but he was a friend of the U.S., and he was a hell of a lot better than what succeeded him. I think we can all agree with that. On Contadora Island in Panama, where he was in exile. After the revolution. Yeah. I mean, he, was, uh, he had been ill already. He was, uh, he was a little island the size of I remember that interview he gave with Barbara Walters, yes. I used to think he would come down to watch his wife play tennis in his great days, and the Israeli guys with their Uzi. When the Mexican, um, was no, the Mexican? Panamanian uh, president, Trujillo, used to fly over and sleep with the wife. This is like, we'd see the plane coming over. Torreos. Yeah, Torreos, not Torreos. Torreos. Uh, Janet. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a midrash, but I just want you to speak to it because parts of it escape me. But it was a conversation with the angels, and um, I, I think it's a in the highest of highs, heaven, 
put put what the Torah. Sounds very similar to uh, to uh, to Deuteronomy, where where Moses tells the people that the Torah is not in the heavens and it's not across the ocean; it's in your it's in your heart and your mouth to fulfill it. But there may be some measures like that that says that's the I best place to just hide it. Ross. Sounds very interesting. Okay, next question, guys. <laughs> 